1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. <clears throat> I try to share these, this yeah, wisdom. start drinking more tea. The coffee. Yeah, What but am but I, like British? Tea would help you with it. <clears throat> See, there you just did it again. Uh, but we're American. We drink coffee. Yeah, you could drink tea as well. It's a different kind of caffeine. Hi.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, but it's more like for the That's soothing...
2: Red Bull Coat. has both. That's why it has the taurine, whatever they call it, yeah. and the tea and the caffeine, and that's why people are like <laughs> jumping bouncing off the wall. I'm just saying though, no, like for that. I drink tea from time to time. I don't I don't believe tea has those properties that people say it does. I don't think it actually does you anything.
3: Soothe the throat.
2: Nah, just it's a delivery system for honey or whatever else you put in it, really. Let's be honest. Okay. It's hot water with a little flavor and
3: I'm just saying you do talk more than anybody else at the network. Probably, yeah. No, that's that's
2: a fact. No. Yeah. And All then right? plus I'm on the air a lot. That's this guy, man. It's, Should the Heat play hardball with Damian Lillard? And, and, and how do they do that? What about kicking the tires on Zach Levine? What do you think of my idea, Jay, to kick the tires on Zach Levine to apply pressure? Why don't you
3: tell me the idea?
2: To Dam- well, here's the idea. See, if I am uh, the Heat and I need Damian Lillard to insist upon a trade to my team and go to Portland front office and say, okay, I'll be the bad guy. I want to be traded. If he's waiting for the front office to do something, and they're waiting on him. Meantime, if I'm the Heat and I start kicking the tires on Zach Levine, Lillard thinks, "Oh, oh! If I want to go to Miami, I gotta ask for a trade." That's my idea in a nutshell, Jay. What, what you are you giving
3: up for Zach? Well, Levine I would Miami. say
2: uh, it'd have to be around Tyler, Hero, and draft picks. How many draft picks? Well, they have, what, three firsts? So, yeah, I would like to avoid giving this. up all three.
3: And you're not worried about the injury history of Zach Levine and him bouncing back from the knee?
2: I am a little, but it's really mainly to put pressure on on Portland. It just needs to be plausible as a threat.
3: What do you think? But when if Portland doesn't come through, and and Dame doesn't want to do it, so are you okay with Zach
2: Levine and I Jimmy think Butler he would, fit well, listen, you have to consider this, Jay. It's called hijacking. He already plays in an offense.
3: Hijacking your partner's He tank. already
2: plays in an offense with DeMar DeRozan, a mid-range, kind of high-volume shooter, so maybe it would work with you're Jimmy Butler. You're not
3: hijacking my take. You're hijacking Nuno's take.
2: Damn, I forgot. I forgot who had what take. So this was <laughs> this. This is uh, <clears throat> Jay's idea to kick the tires on Zach Levine.
3: Nuno and if I, I the had he- the idea. Mm-hmm. Nuno and I were talking about this yesterday. I, look, I.
2: You just wonder. Wait, like, wait,
3: wait. Nuno's came up with this idea. You, you, you. Yeah, Nuno and I were talking about it yesterday. You That's tricked first... me into
2: thinking you came up with it. No, I didn't. I said, all show, I, I've been giving the, you credit for this.
3: That's where you don't listen, because the first thing I said is Nuno and I were talking about this yesterday. First thing that came out of my mouth. But so you hijacked it, then you made it your idea, yeah. and then you made it my idea in your own brain, and never then you started running Nuno. with it. Nuno, just let you I know he never said, said your name.
0: That was fine. We had this conversation, and I said, Jay, you can run with it because you are the host. My job is to try to help you. Yeah. See, don't good. frame
2: me as though I didn't listen. I'm not. The first but thing I said in my, my mouth is Nuno
3: and I were talking about this yesterday.
2: Yes, but you made it sound like it's your idea. No, I did not. Was it Nuno's idea? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Good idea, <laughs> Nuno.
3: <laughs> I can't. By the way, this is why the idea is, is a solid idea. Yeah. Because I, I do like the thought of just making Dame think, what if this opportunity is dwindling away? Like, here's the door, but I'm watching that door slightly crack more and more towards closing. So the the one thing you want if you're Pat Riley and these Jedi mind tricks that you play is, hey, let's kick the tires on whether this is actually feasible. Like, let that get out. And then you're subconsciously applying a little bit of pressure on Dane by saying, I understand that you need to do what's best for you by sitting here telling Joe Cronin and the Trailblazers, hey, start a free agency. I'm not going to put any extra pressure on you. Let's see what moves you make. But we have to make moves, too to ensure that we're going to be in pole position to continue to achieve Eastern Conference titles and things of sorts, to continue f- to fight for championships, to make moves while you're waiting.
2: I don't like the idea anymore. That's on you. Need. I used to like it when it was Jay Will. Oh, the ch- no, national no, no, champion. It
3: no, it was your idea. It was a great idea, but it was now it's just idea. Nuno's idea? So it was, a, it, when it was your idea. You loved it. Man. But then when it wasn't your idea, and it wasn't my idea,
2: now you don't like it. I was it. getting a... Thought I was getting I mean, advice from a basketball guy. It turns out you are. Nuno. Nuno is
3: a basketball guy.
2: Unbelievable.
3: Nuno is a big basketball guy. Still, you don't it's know not that? the same.
2: Brand. The brand is off.
3: Where you were you mean? drafted,
2: Nuno? See, no, sorry,
0: not right. but I'm having a conversation. We're having a conversation with Bobby.
2: Yeah.
0: We're just, See, we're talking about what? how hypothetical trades. Uh, you know how GMs hate them. Hmm. It happens.
2: G- Why do GM oh they hate well, you can, you in you media, you mean?
0: You can, yeah, or talking about him? You could ask Bobby at 8.15 when he joins us. But yeah, we will. we will. Way to
3: tease ahead. Way to tease,
2: Nuno. That, there you go, Nuno. Where were you on I, the tease, Max? I. What do you mean? He just invented that tease just it, now. We're just in the middle of the segment. The You're not supposed to tease until the, the, the end of the segment. It says on the rundown. You are not supposed to tease until the end of the segment. 8.15,
3: Bobby Marks. Why would I tease that right now? Because with? it was perfect timing to tease it.
2: Well, Nuno took care of it, thank- thankfully. He took care of it. It takes a team, Jay. <laughs> uh, Zach Levine... If he is moved, would work on the Heat. But the question is, what team would Zach Levine not work on? He gives you outside shooting and crazy bounce. And even if he's not quite after injury what he was, he's still a, a tremendous athlete. Long for the backcourt. You know, maybe the Heat could have him playing defense too. Well, well, you know, let's go
3: into this. But he fit on a lot of teams. Here's one of the things that. You know, I, I hear people throw around a lot, and they they say it casually, and it, it bothers me. So when people utilize, well, Zach Levine has never been on a winning team, mm-hmm. and that's used against him. Who said that earlier? Well, in the show. Well, well we I, I've heard Frank people, Isola brought it up. Frank, yeah. yeah, but he's not the first one. I've heard a lot of people say that. Like, and it was like almost like how the narrative has changed so much about Andrew Wiggins. Like, even when Wiggins was in Minnesota, like, people questioned about whether he was truly engaged sometimes on the defensive end, Mm -hmm. right? And, like, is he your primary? And all of a sudden, like, that narrative has switched to now, like, he's a winner because he played on a championship-winning team. Aaron Gordon, same thing. Like, what is his motor? And, you know, is he your primary offensive option? But now him being on Denver, he's a champion, right? Like, so all these stories now lean to why he is the right fit, for a right team. So my thing, a lot of times who you're coached by matters, who are the pieces around you and what you're being asked to do in a new role. If you're willing to accept that matters. I do think Zach Levine could be part of a championship team. Are there questions? Yes. But can those questions be answered with the right coach that gets challenged with another alpha, like a Jimmy Butler? Yeah. I think that stuff is depending upon health.
2: It is feasible. But this is why like Buck Showalter, the baseball manager, right? Yes. I'm I very asked familiar years, with Buck. I, of course I asked years ago, you know, about building the right culture. And he talked about, before you acquire a player or bring a player up or something, he goes and asks the parking lot attendant, he wants to know every, he wants to know about how this guy is behaving when people aren't watching. How is he treating people? That sort of stuff. Everyone, like, people who know Aaron Gordon will always tell you, this dude just wants to win. And have always said that, right? So that... That tells you, I I don't I, I haven't spoken to the people who know Zach Levine like that I was wondering, to the extent I have this? with Aaron Gordon. But the point is, just because some guy, he's not in the right situation, then you could say, well, the narrative becomes he's like this. But then sometimes you'll talk to people who know the person, and and they'll give you, they'll flesh it out to the point where you're like, oh, they really, this is not, they're not as intensely as devoted to this as maybe someone else is. So, so I think it is... Fair for people to ask before they have that information, the behind-the-scenes information. Hey, I noticed this guy hasn't been on a lot of winning teams. Even if maybe he's been on talented teams, he's a high usage player whose stats look empty calorie to me. I don't think that's unfair. Zach Levine, sure, or anyone. I don't think that's an unfair part of the analysis. I'll give you an example. But uh, like, it's
3: like people saying like Bradley Beal can't be part of a championship
2: team. Like, what are we? It's a case by case basis. You got to take it at a case. Yeah. You know, case by case. I, I basis. agree. Yeah. Yeah, but- so, so take someone like um, Brandon Ingram, at one point used to put up numbers. And I'm not talking about the results of the game. I'm saying just watching him. I was thinking, yes, he has a lot of talent. He has upside. He's putting up numbers. I don't know that he's a winning player, not because he wasn't good, but because the numbers he was putting up felt empty calorie to me. And then it turned. He developed. And those, he was still putting up numbers, but they were in service of winning in a different way, just if you watched the game. I think that's also, fair to bring
3: up as a question. But it's also who you surround it with. Like, what is, like, you know, who else is on your team? Like, sure, you know, w- w- it's not just, just a course, because I know a lot of people say, well, you know, they never won or they're always a bottom dweller or like, you know, playing for a bad team sometimes makes you want to check out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you, you know, like being able to sustain, like, I'm showing up early, I'm staying late when other teammates aren't doing the same. Like, that's hard to do or even so, if like, you a do lot it, of times in pro sports like that's where little injuries occur where guys are like oh well if my team doesn't care like like i know i should care but damn like what am i doing all this for it really makes you question and like i feel like a lot of times fans just say that but like being part of losing teams can make you that
2: way until your environment changes it's debilitating yes but also even if you are the guy who continues to show up early and stay late it's like the Kobe Bryant thing. Kobe, why aren't you passing to your teammates? Because I don't see any of these guys showing up early and staying late. So it leads to, to – uh, it breaks down chemistry and it leads to losses even for the guys who are internally motivated and will persist through bad times with their own preparation because they don't trust their teammates. Bad habits, man. Yeah.
3: Bad habits still on bad teams and
2: becomes infectious. Is Zach Levine, to your knowledge, the kind of player who – and I've met him briefly, right – um, but I know people who know Zach Levine, right? Is he the kind of player in your in your estimation who could go to Miami and become a, 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 a an Eric Spolstra type of winning player?
3: Yes, because I think he would follow the lead of a guy like Jimmy Butler, right? Like he would be respected because he brought a different dynamic to the table offensively, but he'll also be willing to buy in to what Jimmy wanted. Now, there will be some growing pains. There were all, I'd much rather have Dame. There will be growing pains for Dame as well. But I, I, I do think as an alternative to Dame that a guy like Zach Levine is down the path of what Miami needs.
2: I'm looking, how much longer is Kyle Lowry's contract? We just saw they, a, they, they could get out Kyle Lowry's. I think he's due like $36 million. Yeah, he's, he's due that money and then that's... Or
3: 29.7. This is the last year, right. Yeah
2: it's about 30. 29.7 it's 30 million bucks he's due. It's a lot of money. This year and then that comes off. So that becomes an expiring contract halfway through the season. What should we expect once free agency opens up, KJM?
1: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and
4: your people safer. Call, click com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Should the Heat
2: play hardball with Damian Lillard and kick the tires on Zach Levine? We've been batting that around. How good would they be if they added Levine? Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And what should we expect tomorrow at 6 p.m., J., when free agency Fireworks. opens up? fireworks. That's why we have Bobby Marks. That is the question of the moment. Bobby Marks is the man of the uh, quarter hour. What's going on, Bobby? Hey guys, how are you? Doing well. Uh, Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, of course. So we, we've we been batting around this idea that uh, originally I was told That it was Jay's idea, but now I've come to learn it was actually Nuno's idea. That there's a way maybe, and it doesn't have to be Zach Levine, but let's say that if the Heat start putting pressure somehow on Lillard to kind of force a decision from Portland, they could do that by kicking the tires on someone who would, you know, they'd have to use the trading chits to go get and then wouldn't be able to get Lillard. Do you think a strategy like that could work?
5: I don't think so. I mean, just because we know what the Heat have to offer. It's not like you're Brooklyn and you've got five unprotected first and some other players like at, at the end of the day, we know it's if they ever wanted to go get one of these, you know, another marquee player, whether it be Lillard and, uh, maybe Zach Levine, it's, it's Tyler hero, salary filler and two mm-hmm. first round picks. That's all they got, you know, unless you want to put Caleb Martin in there and I don't think you want to do that for Miami and you're not going to move Bam and, um, in Jimmy Butler, um, so that's that's how I look at it. I mean, it's they'll be in a um, you know a holding pattern. I think for if Lillard ever becomes available. Now, if you ask me, does it you know does it um, factor in if we should sign Gabe Vincent because if we had Damian Lillard, then then I could understand that here. But I think you know I think Gabe Vincent's a priority with Damian Lillard on the roster or not. And uh, if it's two weeks from now or if it's just a weekend, you know Miami's got. A package I don't you know it's debatable how appealing that package will be and I think if Lillard ever did become available I don't think just because Damian Lillard wants to go to Miami Portland is inclined to trade Damian Lillard to Miami especially for a player that's got four years left on his contract
3: Bobby how would you how would you handle that if you were Joe Cronin All right, because you know Max and I have got into that multiple times it's just about Because obviously there's some sensitivity and delicacy to where you trade Dame, even though there's years left on his contract. An organization needs to know that Dame actually wants to be there instead of having a disgruntled employee, right, to a degree. So uh, how would you specifically handle it?
5: Yeah, I mean, if uh, if we get to the weekend and he doesn't like what they've done with their roster and he comes to them and says, okay, I want to be traded, if I was Joe Cronin, I would say, give me the five teams. And then you certainly, you know, you, you start you – know, you make your phone calls. And if there's an offer from Brooklyn and you can get, let's say, four unprotected first and you can only get two from Miami, then, you know, you're, you're going to be taking the best deal, um, you know, out of that group of five teams here if it's a team like um, – Utah for example and Damian Lillard has no desire to go to Utah that just hypothetical here then maybe that's certainly you know I think you have to weigh that into a factor you know he's got no no trade clause I mean I mean he he doesn't have a no trade clause like Beal did and um, but yeah I think you have to there is a sensitivity because here is a player that you know um, had never asked to be traded and has built up a lot of equity with this organization here but you have to also weigh what's best—the best interest of um, your organization—and then that, the, the big thing too is that you know what do they do in free agency because they're trying to you know, appease Damian Lillard. But what happens? What they do is not good enough, and now you're stuck with I don't know Jeremy Grant for 120 million over mm. four years. So that's the balancing act uh, when you look at that. Also, Bobby Marks, ESPN
3: NBA front office insider, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Bobby, we had C.J. McCollum on about three weeks ago who is the mbpa president and he used the term second apron now mm. I, I have heard this term before obviously it was in the new cba and you're hearing a lot of people toss around the term as it relates to this year even yeah a jordan pool right look like, well the reason why mike dunley jr and golden state warriors got rid of him is so they could you know not engage into the second apron like how do you view that right now as it relates to what teams are doing to stay under it?
5: I want to get t-shirts made up saying the second apron is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I view it. Now the second apron is not overrated next year, but for this year, the second apron I believe is overrated. And I understand teams doing deals for the future. And I think the Jordan Poole Chris Paul trade was not about the second apron this year because golden state's so deep into the luxury tax already. That it's more about you know Draymond Green in year two of a of a new contract or Klay Thompson in the year, first year of an extension here because for this year alone you know this you know off season and the regular season the first and second apron teams are basically treated the same it's 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 you know you don't you know whether it be you know the you know, the first apron certainly has the five million dollar tax mid level but the tax mm-hmm. mid level is not as valuable anymore because when Jay when you look at it the the veteran minimum exception for a player like Russell Westbrook is three million dollars. The tax mid level exception is $5 million. Exactly. There's a $2 million difference. Russell's made $350 million. You think a $2 million difference is going to sway things here? So I just think for this year alone, I think we're putting a little bit too much stock in it. Now, when you look at the Atlanta trade for um, John Collins to Utah, that's a second apron deal, but for next year. It's really not a second apron deal for this year. Uh huh.
2: So, so, I want to get back to Damian Lillard for a second, Bobby, because he doesn't have a no-trade clause, but what do you do if you're Portland? And he says, look, I want out. You don't want to get into a war with Damian Lillard, right? And the reason I can't give you five teams, Portland, is because, Bobby Marks, you as the Portland GM, is because I don't want to shoot all the equity I've built up here just to marginally increase my chances to win a championship. For that, I'll stay. Right, I want to go somewhere. I really think I can win a championship. It's not five teams; it's one team. I want to get to the Heat. Now, if he's, what do they do if he says that?
5: Well, what you do is you you call Miami and say, "What can Tyler Hero turn into?" That's what I figure. You're right. That's what you do. I mean, you know, I mean, these trades they're so complicated, and usually for marquee players, it's usually not it's not very clean, right? It's not a one, you know two team deal. You're expanding it. Saying you know I like your two picks, but I would like three more. Can you go get t- Tyler Hero into something else? Um, that's how you, um, that's how you expanded here. I think it, it'd be interesting. You know, Brooklyn, we were almost a year anniversary when Kevin asked to be traded, and Brooklyn sat. You know, was in a holding pattern until February. If we ever did get into a point like let's say Sunday or Monday, and and Damian Lillard does decide to leave, how quick is Portland to react to it? Is it something that we're going to let play out the whole year? I'm not sure they would. I think, you know, for them, it's, you know, trying to kind of go, you know, have a clean slate, especially with all these young players here. And, um, you just look for the best deal, um, available here. And the Miami deal is, fa- you know, it, it. I mean, it's not a deal. It's what they have to offer. It's, it's okay. Um, it's not a star level, you know, it's not a, a Phoenix type package that, um, that the Nets got back for Durant.
3: So you're going to try to involve a third team, yeah. Party. Yeah.
5: Yep. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. yeah. if you're, if you're, um, if you're So let's say uh, uh, Portland says, all right, we want Cale Martin in. Then you're, if you're Damian Lillard, you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm, I want to go to Miami and play with Cale Martin, oh, sure. right? Like there's so many different variables so Bobby, there for that. Wait, wouldn't it almost make more sense for Lillard? I, this sounds outrageous, but I, a couple
2: of weeks ago we were talking about this. I said, if I'm Lillard— i 'm going to portland and saying i 'm going to let 's work out a deal right now i 'll be like like you know in other words, and then you present that deal to Pat Riley that way he can 't rake you over the coals because he knows Lillard wants to go there, and you will get the deal that Lillard feels comfortable with signing off on because hey,
5: they still have enough to win. I think the only reason why that 's not happening right now is that he is trying to give this organization the best opportunity to go out and upgrade this roster without his name being out there that he's asked to be traded. And I think once you are asked to, you asked to be traded, it basically kills any type of leverage you have yep. in free agency. It kills any type of leverage. Let's say, I don't know, I don't think it's going to happen, but let's just say Draymond Green today says, you know what, I want to go play in Portland, mm-hmm. and let's work out a sign-and-trade. And he goes to Golden State and says, you know what, I would love to here, but I want to go play with Damian Lillard. You're going to lose me for nothing. Now all of a sudden Damian Lillard has to be traded. Now that kills all type of, you know, de- leverage there regarding uh, regarding that. So I think you have to be careful and I think I think that's why Monday, you know when they when they met that he wants to give this organization some space to try to improve the roster outside of just adding Jeremy Grant and Matisse Thybul. Now who is that player going to be because whatever it is, it's going to have to be pro- in a signing trade. It's not going to be a, um, a player, you know, signed in free agency. Bobby Marks, ladies and gentlemen, always good talking to you, Bobby. Thanks, right, guys. Bobby.
2: Apparently, uh, oh, God, no. Pat Costello has been pondering what he considers deep questions. It's
3: one of my favorite segments of the day.
2: I can't believe how dumb his questions are. His questions are not dumb at all. I can't believe. Why like, would you demean him? Like they're that? not. They're not like, you know, sometimes they're interesting. At least play on where you say, why do you park in a driveway or drive in a park? At least that's cute or something to it. These are well, you don't have mind numbingly dumb questions. You don't have to call it cute. Cute is another demeaning derogatory Yes, but not, not the Cute, not as derogatory as dumb, dumb. correct? Yes. Correct. So, so you're welcome. Keyshawn J. X, ESPN
0: Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet?
2: Serious XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Girl. You know, a lot of times people have these questions where they, it's like almost like observational comedy. They they, they notice something about the world that's incongruous, doesn't make, and they ask a question and it's a little, it, you know, a little food for thought. Even if it's just a play on words in a way, but it still makes you think for a second. Pat Costello, our very own Pat Costello, has taken this. Idea 21 questions. And have c- completely destroyed
3: no, he hasn't. any value in it. No, he hasn't.
2: For example, Pat, why don't, you, uh, why don't you ask one of your questions? I'll show everyone what we mean here.
7: Yeah, real quick. Uh, I apologize to my mom. Last time we did this, I called her out. Uh, she's an educator, and uh, I said she wasn't good. She's a great educator. Anyway.
2: Well, I mean, I was just baffled at how bad your questions were, and it Pat, occurred to me your mom has been on the show and she's an educator. She's, Pat, a, she's so a So a I figured
3: you yeah, would ask don't better questions. Max, and in an even don't better person. <laughs> or don't let Max talk you into thinking that you
2: don't know what you're talking about, okay? No, don't, don't let me talk that, you bro. into it. <laughs> sure, you don't need me to talk you into it. But go ahead, Pat.
7: How did we come up with the names of animals? Like, why is a horse named a horse?
2: It's a legit question. It's always with you with the language. It's a great language.
1: question,
7: it,
2: it, it, what? You're asking about the evolution of language and why certain sounds started corresponding with certain objects? I just want to know why a horse is a horse, Max.
7: That's all I'm saying. Of course, of course. <laughs> no, one? no one? Your answer? Well, it's yeah, Mr. Ed was the famous crazy. TV show. of get it. I get it. I get horse it. Horse. But Wilbur. Yeah,
2: there you go. Yeah. I didn't know you watched TV like that, Jay.
7: Like someone it's, saw something swimming around. It was like fish.
2: No, no, no. Like Sounds of language. Oh, look at that. You see that thing walking over, that over there?
7: Bear. Yep. It's such a bad question. Sounds now,
2: like he's baffled. Me, okay, okay, baffled. okay, okay. Let me give you an example of a good question, okay? Giraffe. Every one of these are, one question, it's the same idiotic premise. Let me give you an example and clean it up for you. Sure. Why is it that the word, <laughs> if you listen to a lot of languages, dad, dad, or ta-ta or something like that means father. It, wh- why is that? Squirrel. Well, it occurs to me, and here's something you could actually deduce maybe, that usually it's the first sound a kid makes. That is, that is we've, we've, we've said that that means father. Why would that be? Might it be so that the father develops a bond with the kid? That would be an answer to maybe a question like that. Why is the word for father so similar in so many languages, and why is it usually the first sound that a baby makes? I so you went
3: on a tangent. He was asking you but about But
2: that's, that's irrelevant because you could maybe deduce an answer. But, but what Pat's asking is, why does... So you're saying you can't deduce an answer? There are different an
3: words in different languages for horse. So you can't deduce an answer. That's what your point is. Of course not.
2: Well, it doesn't... And right. also, furthermore, the, further, the, the answer doesn't matter. To who? Obviously, it matters to us. He says, why does horse mean horse? Who's the first person? It doesn't, horse doesn't mean no, I, horse in every language. I just said, how did we come up with the name? That's so how did we, meaning English speakers? Do you know how many, how many iterations of, the, of what, you, what people would call the English language there have been? It's evolved over time. You
3: seem like you're very angry with
2: these because questions. I, the it, question just, itself reveals such a basic misapprehension well, what, of, of the purpose
3: of a question. Well, what are your thoughts on giraffe? Long next.
7: Next, ahead, question, Pat. Pat. next question. Next <laughs> question. Uh, I don't understand online banking or online money. How does that work? It's just a number on a page. But how is it actual money? It doesn't make sense to me. Bitcoin just it doesn't make sense to me. That's just not. It's not money. It's nothing. It's a number on a page. Are you referring to the gold standard? Well, I have a question about that later.
2: Because it used to be actually that when there was a transfer of money, there was a certain amount of gold. Right, that was transferred literally, picked up, transferred from one to another, represented by the paper exchange, and the and the dollar was based on gold, and eventually that went away. So you're asking, like, in what
7: faith do people have? Yeah, like, what's I just, it based like, on? What? what money? I don't. Want, I don't have a physical thing. Like, at least when money. I had paper money, I'd be like, oh, this is a phys- I can give you this, and you give me a thing. When it's just a number online, like, I'm, I'm well, jealous. you can't go to the bank and get
2: a physical thing with that yeah. number online. They're keeping track of a quantity is all that is. That's all money does also. It's just physical in your hands, and this is digital.
3: Wasn't the best representation of your questions. Next
2: question, Pat. I don't, I don't that's think a better question. Is. Much better question than the first one, though. I know the first question was excellent. <clears throat> no, the first question was awful, and that one was well, better. That's much your better. interpretation. By the way, that's that's, that's actually not a bad question. Excellent.
3: Yes. Pat, next question.
7: What was the first chair to ever exist, and who came up with it, and how did they decide that it wasn't just like a log on the ground? Not.
2: Pat, you're. Do you are you are you thinking that that was recorded somewhere? Why why not? There's probably a meeting. Why would someone not? Do you think maybe it pre-exists the ability to record things? This is what everybody needs. Maybe it was a throne.
3: These are the hard hitting questions that change the view of the world. These are
2: just money. Question wasn't bad. The rest are awful. Now, as I said, there's the whole kind of philosophical question, like the Platonic question of what is a chair. How would you actually define it? I got that one leads for you. to whole kind of a philosophies
3: of why do we have five fingers
2: on a hand? Why? Yes. Why did our hands evolve with five fingers? Yes. Well, Clearly, it was useful in our environment at some point, right? Did our,
3: did our hands not have fingers before? Because you said evolve. Like, right. do we evolve into having fingers? Of course. So
7: we once did not have fingers. We Once fish,
2: Jay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah.
7: What happened to blimps? I feel like we should bring back the blimp. We just don't see a lot of blimps in it. You got the Goodyear blimp, and wh- where'd they all go? Let's bring the hell, back the blimp. That's a hell of a question. <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> that's a hell of a question. I'd like more, some Yates more blimps. Yates' question
3: about fireflies the other day was a legitimate have question. Have you seen one we, since? No, I haven't. Okay. I've been looking for them. We right.
2: could use we could use a, a couple more blimps. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have a few more blimps, I agree. Blimps used to, I feel like there used to be more of them around. It's, they used to be everywhere. Yeah. What happened to all the blimps? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, Now, that's a much better question than, for example, why are they called blimps?
7: (laughs) Who uh, was the first person to say blimp? Well, actually, Max, in that vein, who was the first person to swim, and how many sinks did it take before they nailed it? How many sinks did it take before they nailed it? (laughs) At some point, they nailed it, right? But it must have taken a couple of times. I'm just curious about the question
2: itself. (laughs) Do you actually want the identity of the first person, or are you simply musing that at some point – a person must have been the first to do it. I would venture to guess that the oh, first person God. to swim was probably the first person who would qualify as a Homo sapiens sapien, meaning the first person would probably be the first person to have swum. Were they from
7: Africa? Of course. Hmm. Wha- do, you, do you want one more? <laughs> was that? I
1: have one, Jay. Uh oh. <laughs> why do we? I saw
3: that spark of thought. Yates. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. Gotta go to break. You oh no. Break. Gotta go to break, <laughs> Max. Why, gotta go to break. Why, if I pay rent, it don't affect my credit score? Like, shouldn't I, shouldn't shouldn't I pay rent? One hundred percent, it should, and
2: that's an excellent that's question. That's a great question. You know? Or, or that, if
3: a- I'm a if I'm a on time payer, give me a free month, dog.
2: Well, I don't know. I, I hear you trying <laughs> to trying to <laughs> now hustle a free month limits. out. Now, yeah. But but I do I do think there's something to the credit score argument. Top five rookies in the NFL. By the way, better today, Pat. Only like three idiotic questions, but like two decent ones. Top five rookie, And all you can ask for is progress. Rome wasn't built <laughs> in a day. Who was the first person to say the We're word? We're building. Rome? What was the first brick? Who was the first person to lay the first brick in the foundation of Rome?
4: Well.
6: who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: g Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. From the top five NFL quarterbacks.
6: Prescott has had a fantastic
1: windows my whole career. You want to win the Super Bowl to the top five NFL fan bases. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a we're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's... 158. Go! Rank them. The top five rookies.
2: ESPN Radio Rank them. Top five rookies in the NFL. Jay is most excited to watch here on KJM presented by Progressive Insurance. What you got, Jay?
3: So I went through this earlier in the show. Um, I'll start with number five. I have an infatuation with him. I think he's one of the most athletic tight ends in the league today. Now, typically, historically tight ends take a while to mature and kind of come into their own. And I understand that Dawson Knox obviously put together, you know, two back-to-back seasons of 500-plus yards, combined 15 touchdowns. But I do believe Dalton Kincaid is one of those guys that can make an impact in an offense – and is actually looking to be having the ball distributed more, right? Obviously Josh Allen, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I think having a tight end like that, that can get you those 50, 50 balls can be utilized properly. Maybe the
2: that's the thing that takes him a step closer to Patrick Mahomes. Yes, it could be.
3: Number four, I would have B. John Robinson with the Atlanta Falcons. And look, Whenever you draft a running back in the top 15, that's making a pretty strong statement about your team and about how you feel about the generational talent of a guy like Robinson considering they draft a back the year before, right? So I just think the way you can use him out of the backfield as a a multiple threat, he's just one of the most exciting players to watch, and he's going to be touching the ball a ton in this offense. So that's number four. Number three, I go with Zay Flowers. We talked yesterday about what does it look like if the Baltimore Ravens had a chance to participate in hard knocks. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, they have a new OC. They're going to be throwing the ball a ton. So now with guys like OBJ there, obviously, we'll see how he bounces back off his second injury in the past two years. But having a guy like Zay Flowers, who has the sides, who has the durability, who has the speed, I think how he's going to be utilized in that offense is going to say a lot having Lamar Jackson there. Number two, I say Jalen Carter. Look, this guy is going to be a top three, top four draft pick, slid down to number nine. It's rare that you see a top tier talent go to a team that is Super Bowl ready, right? I'm not saying talent wise is even comp, but like when James Wiseman got drafted to the Golden State Warriors, you're like, oh my goodness, like this fits. And I just think for what this defense is, for the talent that Jalen Carter brings to the table, with all the draft picks that the Eagles had from that front seven for uh, Georgia. I, I think it's going to be like so Like, imagine talented. if
2: Wiseman would have hit for
3: Golden exactly. State. Exactly. Right, yeah. Exactly. And number one, I go with Bryce Young. I mean, I, you can throw any other quarterback out there, but the sides is something that we haven't really seen before. So, like, my thing is, is it durable? Is it going to hold up with the physicality of the NFL? So, if we're questioning the durability of a guy like Tua, who has a stockier frame, who outweighs Bryce Young by, about like, 25, 30 pounds – how do you not question the durability of Bryce?
2: It's going to be exciting to watch because the whole thing is he's accurate. He has a nice arm, throws a pretty spiral, right? All that kind of stuff. Makes quick decisions and might be really good. Probably will be. But at the same time, he's so small and slightly built by NFL quarterback standards that the whole time he's going to be walking a tightrope. That will be exciting to watch.
3: Now, one that should be in there, too, that you could say it makes a case Anthony Richardson, obviously, for the Colts. Like, you know, that's going to be another exciting one just because athletically he is – Built so differently. As soon
2: as he starts, you're going to want to watch that. Yeah, you're going to want to watch that. He's a big, He's strong legit, athlete. Man. And again, like, when you hear a guy like that say, well, what do you think about this and that? Do you want to be a Hall of Famer? And and he goes, just watch me work. When you have an athlete that size and speed and with that kind of stuff who has that attitude, that's a pretty good combination. Like, I just feel like we're so
3: quarterback-driven in everything we want, we do. Mm-hmm. Like, I-, I wanted to give some alternatives outside of the quarterback spot with the exception of Bryce Young.
2: Jay, how the Eagles wound up with Jalen Carter. It Come makes on, me man. sick. That makes me sick. Jonathan in Georgia has something to say about your list, Jay. All
1: right, fellas. So the reason they Flowers is so intriguing for me are two points. One, it's rare that a rookie wide receiver with such a high upside comes in and is able to be paired with a veteran for long term. But because Lamar is so young, they can grow together. But think about this a little over a decade ago, The Colts drafted Andrew Luck and did nothing to protect him along that offensive line Mm -hmm. and ended up shorting the career of a transcendent quarterback, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The Ravens were headed down that same road. It's taken them seven years to develop a wide receiving core to go around Lamar Jackson. So now I hope they realize that his greatest asset, which is his athleticism and his legs, can be used as a luxury rather than a necessity, and hopefully that will help him stay healthy and on the field because he is young, he is great, and he is transcendent. It's a, great, have a
2: it's a great point that Jonathan makes, Jay. They did this with Aaron Rodgers, too, I feel like. When you have a salary cap league, there are only so many resources to go around. So the tendency will be, hey, this guy can help us compensate in these different areas. And now we can divert some resources to the defense or to some other. And sometimes the guy winds up a victim of his own talent because the team knows he can compensate for deficiencies around him. But it's not really fair to a guy over time when he doesn't have what he needs to get over the top. That guy might get you close, but now push him over the top. Rodgers one time got pushed over the top, but they never, famously they didn't draft receivers in the first round. Lamar, you know, they've been hurt recently, but otherwise they've been a powerhouse. He started to do better better in the playoffs. Now they're forced to keep him. In order to keep him, they were forced to put more stuff around him, devote more to the, to the offense.
3: Zay Flowers, OBJ. I mean, you talk about Rashad Bateman still there as well. I mean, you have talent around you now, Mm -hmm. and you have the right O.C. We're going to find out if he's the right O.C., but obviously one that's going to prioritize actually throwing the ball and allowing you to be reactionary instead of that being the Wildcat offense, you know?
2: Yeah, still got his tight end, Yeah, right? They can still run multiple tight end sets, right? Like two, three tight end sets. But now you have, and and by the way, yes, Zay Flowers is a rookie. Yes, Odell's coming off injury. We'll see what that is. Yes, Bateman's been injury prone, since he's been in the league. Is he going to be a one or a two? We still don't know. He's good, though. Um, But there are three of those guys now in the receiving core. You would think odds are, in any given week, at least one of those guys is going to be available. And guess what? That's more than Lamar has had at that position in the past. If Mm -hmm. any one of those guys is available. AJ in South Dakota, you're on KJM ESPN Radio. A.J., six eight two sixty. 260. All right, still giving heights and weights. Go ahead. What's up, guys? You're AJ six eight two six, eight, sixty, A.J.? Six, eight, two, Damn. 60. I'm a huge Packers fan. And I am AJ not Hawk. worried at all for that this six, season.
1: Uh, I got trust and love. He served three years under Aaron Rodgers. The last quarterback to do that at Green Bay, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, I'm not worried at all. I want you guys to convince me why I should be worried for this season.
2: Well, I'll tell you why. You missed the playoffs last year, and yes, the receivers were coming along by the end of the season, but if you look at the drop-off when Favre left and Rodgers took his place, and let's not forget that Rodgers, just like Jordan Love, has sat sat behind Favre for three seasons, and just like Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre was flirting with leaving and teasing everyone for those years and then finally left. When Rodgers finally got the ball, you could see he was excellent, or going to be excellent, but I don't know what they have had win, six games that year? You take a little step back, usually, if you go from an all-time great Hall of Famer in his prime, or, or, sorry, still producing at prime levels. I know Rogers was hurt last year, but the last couple seasons before that, he was the MVP. Usually, if you hand the ball to a guy who hasn't really had any experience starting in the NFL, you're not going to take a step forward. I, th- I think...
3: Jordan Love's going to be okay, though. I do. Like I, I agree. I, I,
2: I, the, the
3: timing <laughs> of could. it just allows him to progress, like with that young wide receiving core and where that defense was last year. I mean, they made some pretty big jumps in, as it relates to improvement from the beginning of the season towards the end. Where Playoffs? at least they had a shot. I think they'll be right there. I think to be hovering on
2: it. I they like have a legit shot at it. I like the Lions and the Vikings' chances more than the Packers for the playoffs I this agree year.
3: For the Vikings, yeah, yeah.
2: But by the way, going forward, yeah, yeah you might like like if Jordan Love is a real guy and he might be, they think he is. Then, yeah, sure, you like the Packers' future this year. I, I like Detroit. How one team's offseason
1: could affect the future of the NBA. KJM. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. Boom. <laughs>